Hey, 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 welcome to the Harland Highway, everybody. This is your host, Harlan Williams. Welcome. Uh, today's show, uh, we're, we're, you know, th- th- this political race just took a radical turn. Um, the race for the presidency between the main contenders has, uh, has, has, Pinnacled has crested a lot of uh, interesting things and developments have uh, surfaced in just the last uh, two three days, and uh, you know I thought it was a time to kind of recap and touch on and talk about some of the the funny moments, the amusing moments, the painful moments, the winning, the losing, and and just the overall tone of the election and uh, its candidates. Um. You know, I was gonna, I was gonna do uh, kind of the typical show where I just touched on it a little bit, but you know what? Maybe I went on a little longer than I should have, or maybe a little longer than I normally do. But hopefully, you find it stimulating. Hopefully, you, hopefully you find it interesting, whether you agree or disagree. Maybe it gets your blood boiling, or maybe it feels makes you feel very content. Either way, have a listen. Welcome. Thanks for being here on the Harland Highway. Where am I? What is this? Some kind of a joke or something? Welcome to the Harland Highway. What you talking about, Willie? Son, you got a panty on your head. Shut up and sit down, you big bald fuck. Oh, God, what's happening here? What's happening? Hey, Harland, it's Shelly. You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. That is fantastic. What's wrong with everybody in this crazy place? The Harland Highway. (gasps) What is it? The opening. To what? To another dimension. This is Harland Williams. You're a bad man. You're a very bad man. That is fantastic. Good evening. This is Frank News here on the Harlan Highway. It looks like Donald Trump will be the next president of the United States of America. Everybody put on your seatbelts. It's coming. Um, hey, wow. So uh, a little bit of politics here to kick off the show. Why not? Why the H not, ladies and gentlemen? Why the H not? Um, um, so as you all know, Ted, Senator Ted Cruz is out of the race. Or as I call him, uh, Senator or Televangelist Ted Cruz. Um, I just I just never got into that guy. I just uh, I didn't buy the whole lying Ted thing. That, that was overkill for me. But I just, you know, some people look, sound, and feel presidential and some don't. And uh, I got no no personal uh, barbs against Ted Cruz, but right out of the gate, my gut feeling looking at him was I don't like the way he looks. He has kind of that pinched-in little mouth and that those squinty little eyes, and, and he kind of had kind of a high-pitched voice. And uh, I don't know, he, j- he just kind of had that comb-down hair, and he, he d- I, 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 I look at people, and I don't mean to sound shallow, but I look at people, and I judge them physically, and I go, do I want that 
person physically representing the most powerful country in the world. And Ted Cruz just didn't fit the bill. And on top of that, I didn't like the way he talked. You know, when, when he talked just, uh, you know, to the layman, he kind of talked like this, how I'm talking now. But when he gave a speech, he suddenly turned into a character. He seemed like a televangelist. He, he took these long pregnant pauses like, and I believe that the United States of America has to have a prominent place in the global, you know, it was just like, it was too telegraphed and phony. And uh, I just didn't find him real. And, uh, you know, he just seemed a little desperate somehow and a little bit, I, I don't know, I didn't like it. And then just uh, how, how his campaign kind of ended, I, I was actually laughing out loud. I don't mean to be cruel, but boy, he confronted those those Trump hecklers on the uh, on the second last day, and uh, it was just I I couldn't stop laughing. It was like I mean, Cruz walked up to them, and I I think he thought you know this was his big uh, you know knight in shining armor thing that he was uh, impenetrable or impervious to anything they said. I think he you know t- Cruz always touts himself as this master debater that he was a, a debating champion at Harvard or something. And so he thought he'd walk up to these local yokels and kind of talk them down, dress them down with his verbal skills. And it went completely the opposite way. And this guy with a smirk on his face and sunglasses holding a Trump sign went at it with him. Have a listen. We don't want you. America is a better country without you. Thank you for those kind sentiments. Let me point out, I have treated you respectfully the entire time. And a question that everyone here should ask. Are you Canadian? Do you want your kids? Are you Canadian? Do you want your kids? <laughs> it was just beautiful, man. It was just, and, and, and Cruz tried to, you know, stay in that, you know, he, he was talking to them not like on their level. He was talking to them as if he was on the debate stage having one of the uh, nationally televised debates. And and these two guys in sunglasses, they looked like ZZ Top with haircuts, were holding up Trump signs, and they were, they were so calm and collected. And, you know, you heard Ted Cruz's pregnant pauses that I mentioned, and every time he left a pause, these guys filled it in with the perfect comeback, the perfect insult, the perfect answer, and, and Cruz was just like, he was befuddled, and and I think it was indicative of his whole campaign. It's like Cruz just seemed to be talking through people, talking past people, not really connecting with people. Like I said, he went into this kind of weird character mode, like he was acting, like he, 
you know, the Ted Cruz at home with his wife and kids wasn't the Ted Cruz you got on stage. Ted kind of in his head went, okay, it's time to be Ted Evangelist. And and he just kind of, it, it, it was just too phony. And these guys got his number, and it was just the beginning of the end. And then, and then Ted did this desperate move. You know, that's the thing with Ted. He, he plotted all this stuff out that was all kind of eye candy and, and maneuvering and tactical, and it wasn't real. It wasn't about the people. It was about him being a tactician, and it felt like trying to manipulate the people. And so he'd take little sound bites and little snippets that, that you know, were were digs against Trump, and he tried to blow them up. And then he did this desperate move where he brought Carly Fiorona out or Fiorini or whatever the hell her name is. And it, it, that just seemed like a desperate, or, oh, well, to, to please the throngs of people, you know, to, to help fight a woman in Hillary Clinton, I'll, I'll bring on a woman vice president uh, running mate. And, and it was like so pathetic. It's like, first of all, you should be running on your own merit. Man, woman, whatever. Black, white, it doesn't matter. You should should pick the the best person for the job. Not not because you're playing the gender card or the race card. You should pick someone based on what you really truly think they bring to to the to the country, to the people, to the government and to you as a candidate. What what complements you the best? And Carly Fiorona, you know, she may be a smart uh, you know, literate woman but you know again I'm going to go back to the the physical appearance thing and this isn't a sexist thing I just said the same thing about Ted Cruz I didn't I didn't like the way he looked with Carly it's not about her beauty it's not whether she's a 10 out of 10 or a 5 out of 10 I just didn't like her look I, I felt like she had kind of a mean looking uh, disposition kind of a like people have said a bit of a sourpuss face and she seemed to me kind of like cranky and I don't know. She, she just didn't give me that loving, warm, tingly feeling. Um, and so, uh, and not only that, but she, she, I hate to say it, but she was a loser. She, she got knocked out of the race before almost all the other uh, candidates. So clearly people didn't like her. People didn't want her. And here you are running for president, and you're already struggling. So what do you do? You go pick someone who lost worse than you? Well, what does that say, A, about your judgment? And what does that say, B, about, you know, your 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 decision-making process to to pick a strong uh, teammate for, for uh, being, being a leader? And then it just got worse, much like these hecklers, you know, Ted Cruz brings Carly Fiorini out or whatever. I can't even say her last name. Taglatini or Spaghettitini. I don't know what it is. He brings her out and she falls off the stage. Like it just seems so fitting. She, she, I don't know if you saw the video, but she falls off the stage. She disappears for like a good 20 seconds. Like she just didn't fall and pop up. She fell completely went out of everyone's sight line. Like, I don't know if she was laying on the floor, 
you know, going one steamboat, two steamboat, three steamboat. I don't know whether she was fixing her dress, fixing her hair. And then like 20, 25 seconds later, she pops up and, and Ted Cruz never even acknowledged her. He didn't even see it. And then, and then, you know, finally Ted gets out. He finally gets out and what annoys the hell out of me, and this is the, what politicians do, he gives this long rambling speech. He lures in the media. He lures in all his followers. He lures in people watching the news. And instead of just going on the air for a minute and a half and going, guys, you know what? I tried. It's not working out. I'm throwing in the towel. I am canceling my run for the presidency. That's all he needed to do. But because he had everyone captive, he had the media, he gave this long rambling speech as if he was the president and talked about the future of the country and who he was as a person and his wife and his family. It's like, dude, you're done. Get up there and tell us you're done and move on, man. Don't don't act like you're you're the uh, the presumptive nominee. Just tell us that you're leaving so we can move on. And it was really painful and drawn out. And and then when he goes to hug his little posse of people, and this just kind of again added to kind of the debacle of his whole candidacy. Cruz inadvertently kind of punches his wife in the side of the face. He kind of grazes her by accident with a closed fist. (laughs) Then his elbow follows. His elbow hits her right in the face. And then when he pulls his elbow back, he hits her on the other side of the face. And it looked like like something right out of the UFC. His wife's eyes are shut. His wife's like wincing in pain. I mean, this is front front and center on camera. If you, if you don't have, if you haven't seen it yet, look it up on YouTube. Just type in, uh, you know, Cruz punches <laughs> punches wife in face during closing remarks or whatever, and it's 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 freak. I'm not laughing that he punched like like there was you know she was the recipient of this kind of inadvertent violent act. I'm just laughing that it happened. That it, you know, it it just was so fitting of his kind of fumbled campaign, and kind of the 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 aura that surrounds this guy that he's just not the right fit. And I know there's probably cruise people listening right now going, Harlan, you fucking prick, man, I hate you. I'm not saying anything out of school. I'm just reporting to you what happened. I'm reporting to you my interpretation of of this guy and his personality and where his campaign was flawed and some of the, the uh, I don't know, the character of the campaign and, and the actual personality of the campaign and some of the oddball things that happened that, uh, you know, I just played for you and told you about that, that kind of are the bits and pieces that made up his kind of weird campaign. And for the, those of you that loved... Cruz, no disrespect to you. Uh, actually, I, you know, hey, I know what it, it feels like when your when your candidate gets kicked out. I bet it hurts, and I I feel for you. I'm sorry for you, but uh, you know, I keep hearing these people too going, "That's it. I'm going to vote for Hillary. I'm going to. I'm not voting for. I won't vote for anyone. I'm not voting for Trump." 
Well, it's like, you know what? Man up, bury your pride, and, you know, get get with the program. You know, I believe I called Trump as the guy, like, right at the beginning of this whole process. If you go back and listen to my podcast, I called Trump. I said, Trump's the guy. Trump's the guy that that's the strongest, that has the strongest voice that the country needs. And, uh, and, and I'm making another prediction. I think he is just going to bury Hillary. Yeah, I said it. You can, you can quote me on it. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I, I'm going to say it. I think he's just going to bury her. I said he'd bury all these other guys and I think he's going to bury Hillary. Um, I think it's, 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 it's not very often. First of all, when a party, uh, wins for more than two terms, uh, Obama certainly didn't leave a lot behind for everybody to jump up and down over. So she's got to carry around his legacy, which she is toting because she's kissing Obama's ass. She's, she's toting his kind of lame legacy. He didn't do a lot, folks, whether you like him or not. You know, he did not do a hell of a lot. Did he do some things? Yes. But on a scale of one to 10, did he like blow the barn doors off? Uh-uh. This all hope and change thing, a few things, but not a lot. And that's me trying to be objective about it. Um, and I just don't think she's qualified to, to deal with, with Trump, who, whether you like this guy or not, and, and most people call him an idiot and a dummy, but look what he did. He wiped everyone out. What was it? 15, 16, 17 other candidates, top level seasoned career politicians slicked and oiled and and in tune with the political system and with Washington DC and with barrels of money and family names like Bush and I mean come on man and by the way Trump did it without any support from anyone he funded himself and, you know, you might want to look and go, well, he ain't no dummy. What he did was quite brilliant. And, of course, Kasich uh, dropped out the, the, the very next day, yesterday. And, uh, you know what? That There's something to be said for, you know, a guy who wrote a book called The Art of the Deal. And he's a deal maker and he proved everyone wrong. All the stupid talking heads on Fox and CNN and all the news channels who called him a clown and a joker and he didn't know what he was doing and he was an idiot. But just because his method was different and abrasive and sometimes appalling and and questionable and it doesn't mean that it's wrong, he got to where he wanted to be. And the fact that his own party was trying to shut him down and they were throwing everything and the kitchen sink at this guy and he just kept going. And I think America has to, without sounding preachy, I think we are so accustomed to a certain way of politics being run, of candidates running a campaign and winning, of of Washington Um, brainwashing us into how the system works that most of us or a lot of us might just be aghast and appalled because we're seeing something we've never seen before. We've seen a guy win in a most uh, unconventional manner. 
And sometimes that's a slap in the face, but think of it as a hockey team. Think of it when Gretzky appeared on the ice. Think of it when Michael Jordan appeared on the court. You know, they did things differently. They had a talent to win. And if you own a sports team, let's say you own a hockey team, let's say you own the New York Rangers, and you hire a guy to play on your team, and he decides he's going to skate backwards. And everyone in the team and everyone in the organization and everyone in the world watching him on TV go, goes, is this guy an idiot? But then what if that skater skating backwards becomes the top goal scorer in the league? What if he's, he's scoring more goals than anyone else in the entire league? At some point, you got to go, okay, he's different. He did things in another way, but it was effective. It worked. It goes against the grain. It goes against what everyone else thought was right. It goes against what everyone else thought was proper. But he did it. And so Trump jumped into the political rink and skated backwards. And for those of you that say, oh, well, he, he was foul-mouthed and he was this and he was that and he, the things he said, well, give me a break, gang. That whole league, if you want to call it a league, is abrasive and cutthroat and dirty. I mean, look at all the stuff that Trump threw at people, but look at all the stuff people threw at Trump. He's allowed to fight back. You're allowed to fight the way you know how to fight. It's like UFC. If you ever watch the UFC, some guys are judo experts. Some guys are Muay Thai. Some guys are stand-up boxers. Some guys are takedown artists. Some guys are choke artists. You win the fight the best way you know how to fight. And at some point, you got to applaud the guy. If Bruce Lee got in the ring with Muhammad Ali and Bruce Lee kicked Muhammad Ali's ass, you got to stand up and cheer. And if, if Muhammad Ali kicked Bruce Lee's ass, same thing, man. It's a competition. It's a fight. But here's the important thing at the end of the day, okay, us, the people, decided. Trump didn't really win. Trump didn't really put the, the the puck in the net. He didn't slam dunk the ball in the hoop. The people did. And I think that's the most important thing about this whole process is that I said this in a podcast way back. This is America. And anyone should be able to run for president. And anyone should be able to do it the way they want. No one should be telling them how to do it. Not the media. Not their own party. Not the preacher. Not the, the, the pauper, not the poor man, not the rich man. If a guy has it in his head on how he thinks he can win, he should be allowed to try and do that, as long as he's not shooting people down in the street and using violence, of course. I mean, there are, there are guidelines one must uh, play within, but um, I think you know what I'm saying. You, you don't go on a – you can't go on a, in a into a basketball game carrying a hockey stick and wearing hockey equipment and shooting a puck. You got you got to play within the realm of what the game is. And Trump Trump, you know, he 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 threw out a lot of different things, but he stayed within the parameters of the game. And that's why I think I think uh, you know, the novelty of him, the, the the newness of him, the 
the uh, the charm of him, if you will. I think that's what's going to rock Hillary's boat. Hillary is such a traditionalist. Hillary is so old news. I mean, just look what, what she's wearing. I, I don't know. Do you know anyone anywhere who dresses like that? When you walk out in the street, do you see anyone wearing the outfit she's wearing? I, I don't know. She looks like a 19... She's hosting a 1973 Tupperware party in in a in a, an old neighborhood in an old street where the houses were built in 1971. I mean, who's her vice president? Uh, Austin Powers. <laughs> I mean, I I just don't I don't get it. She 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 her ideas are old. Her approach is old. Her look is old. Her scandals are old. And I think Trump, with his new sensibility and his brashness and his zip and his zing, I think she's not going to be able to handle it. it. It's like a bunch of NBA players playing the same old ball game, and all of a sudden Michael Jordan gets thrown on the court, and, and all the other players go, huh? What the? Where did that guy come from? We don't know how to, we don't know how to stop that guy. And I think Trump is that guy. And and for those of you that are sitting there getting mad because, it, it, you know, it, it's funny. People get really mad when I talk about Trump. You know, and remember, most humans are resistant to change. And many of you people that might be getting mad are maybe resistant to change. You're like, oh, he's not conservative. That's not the American way. And one of the things that really got into my craw during this whole process is people like Ted Cruz and Hillary Clinton and a, and a lot of them, Jeb Bush kept bringing up American values. Donald Trump is not representative of American values. It, he does not reflect American values. Well, do any of you want to stand up and tell me what American values are these days? Can we be honest for a minute here, gang? How many of you still put a, a, a nice hot apple pie on the window ledge in the morning? How many of you wake up and walk outside and go, Good morning, neighbor. How are you today? Can I help you rake your lawn later? How many of you hold the door for a woman or give your seat up on the subway for a woman? So what are the American values now? Can we be honest? It's changed. We live in a very cartoony world now. All those American values, let's talk about them. How many of you listening right now have watched pornographic material on the internet? Hmm? Is that is is the $300 trillion porno industry part of American values? By the way, the country that probably started and distributed the pornography industry? How many of you can look yourself in the mirror and say, I've never looked at porno. Porno's not part of the American values. Uh-huh. How many of you have cheated on your taxes? How many of you have not paid a, a parking ticket? Right? We have priests... We have churches that are convicted of molesting children. 
We have our youth that glorify gang members and rap music that celebrates calling women bitches and celebrating collecting money and doing drugs. We have, we have uh, parts of the country that have legalized drugs, and it looks like eventually all of it will. How many politicians do you know that spout, uh, spout these American values? How many politicians have been uh, embroiled in a scandal? A sex scandal? A child molestation scandal? A murder scandal? A money embezzlement scandal? Why don't you look them up? Is that part of the American values? How about our sports figures? Boy, Lance Armstrong, what a champion. How many NFL players are behind bars for drugs and shootings and murders? I mean, uh, come on, man. How many of your favorite actors have OD'd? How many of your favorite musicians are dead? from drug overdoses? How many are behind bars for DUIs? I mean, American values? What are our American values? Corrupt businesses, embezzling money, banks, mortgages, Wall Street people, investment managers, Our top shows on television are about what? Murder. CSI Miami, CSI New York, CSI Detroit, CSI murder, murder, murder. We can't get enough. Let's watch shows about violence. Your top TV shows are about humans killing other humans. How many of you watch Forensic Files? How many sit sit up all night and watch CNN and watch story after story about a husband or a wife who poisoned their partner to get the insurance money or bashed their head in with a hammer or shot them to death in their sleep or hired a friend to kill them? Are those your American values? Children in the streets with guns? Cities burning? People lying and killing. It's changed, man. And, and you, you can go on pretending that the world's Disneyland and hot apple pies. But it's changed. And maybe, just maybe, we need a guy like Donald Trump who's part of the circus to run the circus. Should we keep pretending that guys like Ted Cruz who sit up there and wave and say, we're all God-fearing citizens living under the watchful eye of the Almighty, and America is this and that, and come on, man. And is it so bad? I'm not trying to knock America. I'm not trying to knock everybody down, but I'm just telling you what I see every day. Now... What are American values? Well, I guess American values are the kind-heartedness of Americans, the generosity of Americans, the innovativeness of Americans, the generosity, the fighting spirit of Americans, the, the strong heart and the will of Americans, the ingenuity of Americans. All that stuff's there. 
That's really the Americans we all know and love and want to be and aspire to be. But that's not values. That's personality. That's soul. That's the people. I do believe the people have a strong soul and a will and are incredible people. Americans. Unbelievable. But if we're being honest and we're talking about American values, I'm just asking the question, what are they? What are, what are almost anybody's values these days? Now, obviously, you know, when I point to some priests and some athletes and some people doing this and that, not everybody participates in that, obviously. But let's be honest, the, 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 the society is changing. Society is becoming this, this fast-paced whirlwind of, of digital information and, and digital exposure and a lack of privacy and, and a, a boldness and, and a, an edginess and a, a confrontational tone that, that, that just keeps progressing. It's just, it's just society evolving. And so when someone gets up there and kind of sounds like a politician from 1942 and starts, you know, saying, well, let's talk about American values. Well, what are they? What are Hillary Clinton's American values? This is a, this is a woman running for president and she's, She's being investigated by the FBI. She could be indicted. She she did all this shady stuff where she erased a whole bunch of emails, wiped her server clean, and I don't care what party you're for, because whatever side you were on, if Donald did it or Hillary did it, either ideological side would go, oh, that's wrong, that's corrupt. So at the end of the day, if you just stand in the middle and you're neutral, you have to go, that's wrong. Is that part of American values? We're being preached to politicians that are corrupt? Hillary Clinton, who's immersed in scandal after scandal, we're being told how high the minimum wage should be by Donald Trump, who's a billionaire? It's all askew. It's a comic book. It's... It, it, We've got to start looking at it through the eyes of reality, through the eyes of our twisted reality. This isn't 1952 Norman Rockwell anymore. This, this, is, a, this is a Batman comic. This is, this is organized chaos. This is society hanging on by a thread. It's not that bad, but... But it, it, it really is a, a, a twisted kind of demented world we live in now. Where we, we once had a shooting once or twice a year. We have shootings, mass shootings and murders almost every day. Gun crime and sex crime and financial crime and moral crime. and So what are the American values? I'm not knocking Americans, but I'm just saying, let's be honest, what are they? What are yours? You're listening. What are your values? Are they so holier than thou? Are they so 
superior to your neighbors, to your friends? Have you cheated on your wife or girlfriend, your husband, your boyfriend? Have you lied on your income tax returns? Have you lied uh, during a business dealing at work? Have you lied to your boss? Have you lied to the car dealership? Have you, you know... What are your values? Because your values are American values. I know it's tough. It's weird. We're at, we're at a weird time where we have to look in the mirror and say, we're we going to keep pretending. Or do we, do we, do we, do we have politicians one day that get up there and as disgusting as this sounds says, Hey, you know what my favorite porno movie is on the internet? I'll never forget the time I cheated on my wife in Bangkok and you know, a lot of the money I have is, uh, you know, I stole it, but I'm using it to, to, to help win this election. I mean, does there come a time where it's just so blatantly obvious that, that, that you know, people just tell it as it is? It's almost like that movie M. Night Shyamalan did a movie. I think it was called The Village. And he did this movie about these people that, that were so disgusted with modern society and so fed up and couldn't deal with it that they, they started their own colony. They, they went out into the woods and they, it was almost looked like a pioneer village. I don't know if you've ever been to Pioneer Village, but, but they all lived in there and they, 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 they all lived in this charade they all broke bread together and they all had town hall together. And if anyone was impure, they were cast out and they pretended that there was a monster living on the perimeter of the village that you, you couldn't go beyond the perimeter. And if you, if you were immoral, if you broke the rules, if you, if you weren't the way everyone else wanted you to be in the collective mindset, the monsters would come and get you in the night. In a way, are we are we living in that world? When do people just start? When do when do the values change? Or when do we acknowledge the changed values? And is that a bad thing or a good thing? Is it better just to be honest and say things and call things the way they are? Is it or is it better to just kind of live in this kind of apple pie world where we all kind of walk around and sort of bullshit each other. You know, when the guy at the dinner party says, oh, I saw some porn, and everyone else at the table goes, porn, I don't watch porn. Income tax, I've never, I've never fudged my income tax form. I don't know. I'm not saying everybody does it, and I'm not saying I want everybody to do it, but it just seems like there's a bit of a facade to all of this. And uh, I don't know. I don't profess to know what the answer is, but I find it interesting when we're challenged to, uh, to face and describe and live within the American values that these corrupt politicians ask us to live in. It's like the devil asking you not to be a sinner. You're like, huh? 
So there you go. Wow, look at me. I've been spouting off. Well, it looks like the whole freaking show, man. At the beginning, I'm said, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about politics. But you know what? I just got into it, man. I got into it. There was a lot, you know, there's a lot going on. The, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the race is on. It's between Donald Trump and possibly Hillary Clinton. And, and that's a whole nother topic. If you're a Democrat, I feel sorry for you because that system is corrupt. Bernie Saunders winning all over the place, and yet he's 900 delegates behind because the Democratic Party has uh, super delegates. Yeah, just in case the, uh, the Democratic Party doesn't like the choice that the American people made, the Democratic Party has all these hundreds and hundreds of extra delegates in their back pocket to make sure that they decide who the, uh, the, the uh, candidate is and not the people. Boy, oh boy, is it corrupt. Gee, let's get, let's get the values out, Hillary. Woo. See, I could just keep going on and on, but there's some of you, some of you might hate this stuff. Some of you might find it stimulating. Some of you might, but that's what it's for. That's if you, I guess if you don't like something, you just turn it off. But it's, uh, it's stuff that rolls around in my head. It's stuff that's uh, sparked by all the things I see in the news and the media. And, uh, you know, that's the other thing about Donald Trump. I've never seen an election where people are so animated that the average person is talking about things and, and getting fired up about things and being passionate about things. And that, that's, that's a good thing, I believe. Even though he may not be your choice, I think it's it's good for someone to come along and blow the lid off. And this is what I say. This I'll, I'll close with this. I said this to someone the other day. I got into a conversation about the whole process, Donald Trump and all this and that. And at the end of the day, I don't blame Donald and I don't blame Hillary. I blame the system. The po- political system is antiquated. It's old. It's corrupt. It's not serving its purpose. It's not serving we the people. And if you hate Donald Trump and he wins the presidency, here's what I say. It's a win-win situation because, one, you win because you have a radical fringe president who does things differently, maybe in your wildest dreams actually makes a difference. And, and does a great job and shakes things up, or maybe he totally tanks and bombs and it's a nightmare for four years, okay? And at that point you go, oh, we lost, but you really win because the second win of the win-win situation is that at least at the end of Donald's four years, if he's no good, at least you had a guy come up come in and break the beaver dam and let the water start flowing again. He blew up the stale, stagnant, corrupt system, and now all the pieces are up in the air, and they have to float back down and reassemble, and hopefully, God willing, they can reassemble in a way that's beneficial to we the people. They reassemble in a way that serves the will of the people. 
because the way it is now is just not good. And a prime example of that is how, is how, you know, I guess how antagonistic each side is towards each other. You know, I don't believe we should really be living in a country where the Democrats and the Republicans have such vitriol for each other, that have, have almost hatred towards each other, that, 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 that they, would, they would break the skin on someone's face, that they would, that they would yell and scream and, 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 and hate a person that doesn't agree with them. And, and that's a result of the system not being effective. You know, at the end of the day, everyone's an American. And at the end of the day, people should respect people's political opinions, but not vilify them or call them names or call them stupid because they they root for a different party. And I think they've, you know, I think we live in a world that if you, if you don't agree with your friends politically, a lot of times nowadays your friends want to disassociate themselves from you. Or they decide they don't like you because you're not a Democrat or you're not a Republican. That that's that's a real sad and horrible byproduct of the political system we're in now, where people are just so vehemently opposed to each other. It should be much more. Uh, it should be much more fluid. It should be much more. Uh, you know, there's much more synchronicity between people. Disagree, but don't don't divide. It's just not healthy for for a society, for a country, for citizens to be so angry and 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 against each other. You know, part of the process of politics is to unite people and 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 work for common causes. I think one of the reasons this whole system's so disrupted is because nothing's getting done because it's it's politicians are so busy trying to outdo each other's party and and squash each other's agendas that they're not fighting for the people they're too busy fighting against each other and so we've got to get back to a system where the parties are are working for the people and it's not like a freaking soccer game where where everyone's rooting for one side and if if one side loses we all become a bunch of soccer hooligans and hate each other and smash windows and so there you go. Listen to me. Maybe I'm running for office. Maybe I'm running for president. Yeah, look out, Trump. Here I come. And if you say, oh, Harlan can't run because he's Canadian, well, guess what? I am. But I'm also American, too. And uh, and I'm also neutral, too, believe it or not. Now, I, I always, obviously, I, I like Trump, but I've always said I don't vote for a party. I vote for what I think is is who the best person is or or what's best for the country. And so in this round, I'm obviously uh, rooting for Trump. Don't be hating. If you're rooting for someone else, I respect that. Don't be hating on me if I'm rooting for Trump. If you're rooting for Hillary, I respect it. I don't hate you. I don't dislike you. It plays into what I just said. We should respect each other and... Okay, you might not like the Dallas Cowboys, and I might, and I might like the the Patriots, or vice versa. Do we hate each other for that? No. 
So there you go. This one was all about politics, and uh, but it's a fascinating, stimulating time, and that's why I've gone there. So uh, I'll leave it right there. Uh, always open to hear your feedback, your comments, the love, the hate, the, the agreement, the disagreement. You can write me at harlowilliams.com. Or uh, you can uh, call me, 323-739-4330. Whatever you do, please don't bail on the podcast. Oh, he likes Trump. I'm not listening anymore. That's just shallow and simple-minded. 323-739-4330. But if you want to leave me a call, if you disagree with anything I've said, I'm happy to hear it. I'd, I'd love to hear it. Or if you agree, do the same thing, 323-739-4330. There's only about two minutes, two and a half minutes of, of space per phone call. So if you're going to go on kind of a rant against me or with me, just keep in mind you're limited to about two to, about I'd say about two minutes on the phone message thing. Um, I didn't set that. That's just the way it came preset. So... Just make sure your 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 phone calls don't ramble too long and then you get cut off. So know what you're going to say and uh, make sure you have an exit, an end point for your phone call if, if you think it's going to go long. Uh, but love to hear from you. Um, you can write me at harlowilliams.com or uh, call me, as I said. Also, while you're at harlowilliams.com, check out our store. We have lots of great merchandise you can purchase. We'll send it out to you. T-shirts, books, artwork, CDs, DVDs, digital downloads. Oh, my God. It just it just never ends, for Christ's sake. Um, also, I'd love you to come and see my stand-up comedy. Yes, yes, yes. I will be uh, next week in New York. New York. That'll be Friday and Saturday, May 13th and 14th at Gotham. Gotham Live, the Gotham Comedy Club in New York City. It's going to be a blast. Can't wait to see you guys there. So uh, I'll leave it right there. Hope you enjoyed uh, this show. We'll get back to the funny and the crazy next show, but... You know, this is this is a hot time and, uh, you know, just had to get this stuff out. So uh, there you go. Thank you for being here. Please make sure you uh, get our, our, our app for your phone. Just go to your app store, the Harland Highway, and it should come up. It's absolutely free. And while you're there, if you decide you want to pay 20 bucks a year for all the bonus material and become a premium member, that is an option open to you as well. So... I highly recommend it. People are enjoying that. And that's it, man. Whoever's side you're on, love you. Thank you for being here. And until next time, chicken chow mein, baby. Sir, America is a better country without you. Thank you for those kind sentiments. Let me point out, I have treated you respectfully the entire time. And a question that everyone here should ask. Are you Canadian? Do you want your Canadian? Are you Canadian? Do you want